and welcome to the AFA Podcast, the official podcast for AnimationForAdults.com. This is episode 51, and today we're going to be talking about the new Netflix movie, The Little Prince. But my name is Rachel, and I am joined this week by the usual cohorts, Chris. Hey, Chris. Hello. How are you today? I am quite all right. How are you? <laughs> ah, Good. Very good, and I'm excited to talk about this movie. It's uh, I only just recently watched it yesterday, so lots, still lots of it, you know, fresh in my mind. So I'm looking forward to talking about it today. And also joining us today is Dan. Hey, Dan. Hey, Rach. How's it going? Good. It's it's really good. like I, ma- I made you say good again, even though uh, even though Chris asked you, I just wanted to check that you're still <laughs> good. Obviously, because you know, but it, maybe all it takes is a second. It's like you can go from really good to just not so good. Yeah. And as you've just heard, also joining us today live from New York is Yvonne. Hello. <laughs> yep. Also here to join us to talk about The Little Prince today. And just, we all like, because you believe we talked about this last week, you guys had already all seen this movie and I was like the only one who had yet to see it. Which was very sad. It's like everyone's so like, oh, have you seen this? And it's like, I, I haven't had the chance. <laughs> Otakon was so busy. <laughs> but uh, before we get into The Little Prince, like I said, I'm very eager to talk about it. But we have a couple things. Just kind of do some basic news housekeeping and stuff that's been gum- coming out the past week or so. And um, I want to say a big announcement so far, but a, uh, a release recently from uh, via Disney XD that they actually were putting up the intro sequence for one of the new sh- their new shows that's going to be coming up soon called Milo Murphy's Law, which was created by, I'm sorry, make sure I'm pronouncing these names right, Dan Povenmire and Jeff Marsh, who were the creative minds behind uh, Phineas and Ferb, which was a big hit. And uh, it seems that this, they released the intro... Uh, which uh, the intro song was sung by Weird Al Yankovic, since he's also going to be voicing the main character, Milo. And I have to say, already looking at this uh, this opening sequence as the, you know, kind of our first taste of this show, it looks like it's going to be really fun. Like, already the, the, the lyrics for um, the opening are really catchy, really, you know, just the animation's top-notch. I love the, especially with the, some of the interesting, like, camera angles that they get. With this opening, but it's really setting up to be a really interesting show. It's like and having then the, and then and then is the the ending theme like a polka version? <laughs> you know what? You know what? Can I would actually be really okay with that. <laughs> Well, I, I just wanted to make one last like comment about the the fact that we had you know this show has we're an Al Yankovic on. It's like I've norm- I was originally going to say like oh, you know it's it's hard to be you know he any like time he's ever come on to a voice role it's very rare that he ever does not take the opportunity to do like uh one of his signature like song parodies or at least just sing about something. But then I just remembered it's like oh no wait well he didn't exactly sing per se but I remember he was cast as a character in the uh, Transformers animated series that was on Cartoon Network going for a while as uh, Rekgar, 
the uh, same character from the uh, Transformers animated movie that he actually did a piece of music for, or like one of his songs was featured on was Dare to Be Stupid. So I'm like, oh yeah, he he voiced that character, but I don't recall the character ever actually singing. He was just very, very silly. I wonder if they'll make the most of it and have not just him doing the theme song, but actually, because um, it's the creators of Phineas and Ferb, and uh, which is Swampy Marsh and Dan Povermeyer, and they used that used to be quite musical, didn't it? They used to have songs every every now and again whenever they felt like it. They'd have a little musical interlude. So mm-hmm. if I would have thought it would be a smart thing to do, if you've got well, Weird Al, Yank, Weird Al. Yeah, it's like if you you've got a musician, it's like he's there, like you know, making you know, if he's if he's willing to help, go for it. Yeah, but this this looks a lot of fun from this trailer. I am very lam- very excited. It's got a llama in it and everything, and a beaver and just random <laughs> animals and. Yeah, I like so... the design of the dog, at the very end this... of the trailer, the little pudgy dog. For anyone who doesn't know or doesn't remember, the setup is basically. He is a descendant or something of the person who Murphy's Law is named after, so everything basically goes wrong for him. But <laughs> he's 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 plucky and full of spunk, and he's you know he's a good-hearted person. So we we're gonna root for him anyway. Yeah, you know, every, everything goes wrong. <laughs> Those are the kind of characters you can really you can really get behind. Do do we have a date? For this it's just is it october i think is that um yeah october 3rd it'll be mm-hmm. starting on disney xd so fans yeah. of phineas and ferb i would highly recommend tuning in for this just realized there isn't really any way i'm going to be seeing this because i don't have <laughs> access to disney xd but hey Aww. one day it might show up on netflix or something okay um one other thing that we want to make a quick mention of before we move on is um, the uh, bit of crowdfunding shout out with uh, Tommy Ho- Jose Stathis. Stathis. Tommy Stathis. I curse my <laughs> dyslexia. Um, <laughs> He's, it's Cartoons on Film uh, is, is the, the name of the organization, but Tommy Stathis is the, um, our, the main guy. <laughs> Yeah, he is he is the main guy. He is our buddy and we wanted to make sure to get uh a shout out for his little crowd his crowdfunding project that he's doing in terms of uh reviving old you know, older animation and uh this particular project's going toward a bunch of shorts that were uh made by uh, the animation studio uh Bray back in the um early ni- uh nineteen hundreds, like nineteen fifteen and nineteen twenty five. Um, and they were a bunch of shorts called Bobby Bumps and Fido, which is basically kind of like a precursor. I would say it was kind of like a precursor to like characters like Dennis the Menace and uh, basically just like this really like this cute kid, but he's a bit of a troublemaker and he's got a dog sidekick and he gets up to loads and loads of hijinks. That's right. I, he's a bit, he's yeah. a bit of a little shit, really, isn't he? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, and I did an a article for Animation for Adults on um, a review of the uh, Oscar or the Academy um, uh, presentation by Tommy Stathis and um, J.J. Sedlmeyer. Oh, yeah, yeah, one of the first things you did for us. Yep. Yes. yep. <laughs> we were able to get you into the Academy. Yeah, it was you awesome. going up in the world. Yeah, and that's, that's uh, yeah, right, exactly. And that's uh, where 
that's where I talked to Tommy and uh, sort of made contact. And um, he's been a regular attendee of uh, Animation Nights New York, and, and he's doing a, a screening for the Annie Best of Fest uh, September 29th, 30th. So we're really excited about that. But um, mm-hmm. he's doing some terrific stuff. He's, you know, uh, restoring uh, animation history. It's it's huge. And it's I was watching at least some of the clips that he put on the uh, Indiegogo for the Blu-ray and DVD. And uh, I have to say, even though, like, you know, you can definitely tell this is older animation, it's it's still really awesome to see. Just to see, you know, like, that kind of, like, where, how how far we've come and also just, like, how well done at least in that been in the case of those particular shorts how well those were done back in that particular time period and it's really good to see them restored i'm i'm just I'm interested to learn more about this and just see like okay this is how did they go about you know animating this way back when yeah if you're interested in the early history of animation stuff like this is really important cuz you don't get to see it very often no and so so it's awesome that people like Tommy are out there. Yeah, and he um, spread the word. He has regular screening events, you know, and and most of the time, uh, you know, he's he's projecting them like with a projector. So he's projecting the actual, you know, physical films, um, which is something mm-hmm. you don't really get a chance to to see much of as well. Um, but they're terrific events and and really worth going to. They're a lot of fun. Um, yeah, very sweet. So if anyone out there who's curious about this and would like to maybe support this on Indiegogo, uh, I believe uh, Stathis is looking for at least $6,000 in order to get this project going. And uh, basically those who pledged, I think it was the $25 pledge, is going to be able to get you a finished copy of the the Blu-ray and DVD once everything's been uh, set up. So... There should be a link. We have an article up on the website right now if you're curious. So I'm um, also included in the show notes. So check out that uh, check out Indiegogo, and if you like what you see, please support it. I think if you miss the crowdfunding, that you can normally like possibly do like a PayPal thing, mm-hmm. or, or or when it's you know when it's been when the discs are finished, I think you can probably buy them directly. Yeah. So, even if you're listening to this months down the line or something, you'll be like, ah, oh, I would like to have supported that. Then you can still probably, if you go to like cartoonsonfilm.com, you can probably find out about where you can find it in the future. Mm-hmm. Ooh, hi, fu- hi, future people listening. <laughs> <laughs> so cool. What do you do? Don't, don't vote for President Business. <laughs> All right, one final news story before we move on to what we've watched this week, and it's just a little shout-out to um, uh, D-Pad Studio, who uh, just recently announced uh, that they're going to be releasing a little game that they've been developing uh, for about nine years, and it's called Owlboy. And uh, they believe believe, uh, the people responsible for making it have just announced that they're going to be at um, PAX West in the, I believe, uh, between... Uh, September 2nd through the 5th, and they're actually going to be having a demo available for everyone to play of their game. And, uh, yeah, a demo, and uh, then they're going to make an announcement of exactly when this game is going to be officially released to the public. And if you haven't heard of Owlboy, it is, you know, it's, I believe it was a independently funded 
and a uh, video game. It's a uh, pixel. That's uh, what I wrote down. The exactly. It's a retro style pixel indie side scrolling <laughs> platformer. Nice. And as much, much like the title says, you play as a owl boy, and the whole mechanic as you explore this very beautifully animated pixel world. Uh, you meet characters, and they help you on whatever quest you're going on, and uh, the, the mechanic is you fly with the main character, Otis, and he's carrying his companions, which can also help him solve puzzles and the basic kind of side-scrolling platformer kind of uh, gameplay. But it looks... One thing that sets it apart is that it looks really, really well done in terms of the art and the style and animation, especially, just as, as full of character. So... I would definitely, if you're interested, if you're curious, we'll include a link to the website and the trailer on the show notes, and by all means, keep an eye on it and when it uh, becomes officially available. And I think that is all for news. So we're going to move on along to what we've watched this week. So Chris, would you like to start us off with uh, what you've been able to see any anything new animation-wise? Well, I uh, over the past couple of weeks, I have watched a ton of stuff because, as I said last week, I was ba- I basically been in, on my on my Todd, uh, <laughs> just at home, with no one around. So I've just been catching up on a ton of movies, uh, obviously, and TV, and some of them, you may not be that surprised, are animated. Um, <laughs> um, I also watched a a, a anime movie from Production IG that I reviewed for Ooh. AFA, and that is um, called Giovanni's Island. And hmm. it is, it's kind of based on fact in that it's based on a a little-known story, and that's the, basically after World War II, there, were, there was an island, or several islands, that were not occupied by the US, but by the Soviet Union instead. Um... And there's basically a bunch of islands let off Japan that to this day are claimed by Russia and disputed by Japan. Um, so, that, you know, they're, they're just populated by Russian descendants now. Mm. Um, and basically, it's kind of the story of a bunch of kids on the island and then the Russians show up and there's, they, try, they sort of have to live with the Russians' kids. <clears throat> so mm. there's... So, like, for a lot of it, it's just like, oh, these... And they make friends... The, the two main kids uh, make friends with this Russian girl, ev- even though there's, like, a, a language barrier. And yeah. it's quite interesting watching it in... Because if you, even if you, if you watch it in English, uh, it's been dubbed, but they keep the Russian in Russian. So, and obviously, if you watch the Japanese version, then it's Japanese and Russian. So you still get the effect of the language barrier. That's very cool. Mm. But then you know it is a World War Two, well post World War Two, so it does it does get dark, very dark later, because mm-hmm. uh, they end up. Um, this is I think you can say say this isn't too much of a spoiler because it's based on history, and that's that the people of the island got shipped off the island in the end, um, mm-hmm. and so and that's when it gets. And there's some stuff in it that's there's like one sequence is like that's one of the most harrowing things I can remember seeing. <laughs> Oh wow! Because um, it's it's made to be sort of family friendly. It's it's not nearly as bad as um, Grave of Fireflies, because it sort of does the opposite of Grave of Fireflies. It starts with people 
old people who are alive. So you think, oh, at least one old one person is going to survive <laughs> this. <laughs> so that's the right. opposite of Grave of Fireflies. Um, oh. So you think, oh, it's okay. Um, but it's production IG, so it's very pretty. Uh, apart from, for some reason, they decided to do a- animals in CG. It's like these CG seagulls, and they look really weird. <laughs> like, why have you done seagulls in CG? <laughs> But, and it's also tied to this uh, old Japanese story called uh, Night on the Galactic Railroad. Mm. Oh, right. How is it tied to that? Well, the um, characters, their father is obsessed with the story. Right. He reads it to them. And their names are based on Japanese versions of the characters' names from the book. Okay. Huh. Because the main character in the book is called Giovanni. Uh, mm-hmm. And I think it's called Junpai, which is supposedly the Japanese equivalent of that. Um, uh, okay. And it it ties into the story other ways. I don't actually know the story, but it's sort of interesting in the way it's sort of similarly used to the film that we will be talking about later. All it, right. It takes mm. an original story. Yeah, yeah. I wondered. Yeah. It, but... Yeah, I, that's just come to me just now. Wow. In the, in the yeah. So it's I all that. tied together. And I, yeah, I've watched a bunch of other stuff. Like I, uh, I rewatched Kiki's Delivery Service, which is still lovely and amazing and brilliant. And I rewatched um, uh, Song of the Sea. It's great. Awesome. And also, I watched <laughs> Muppets Most Wanted. And you know what? I think that's one of the most underrated movies. I think it's brilliant. I'm with you I there. Still need I'm to with see you. It. Yeah, no, right. I prefer that to the 2009 one. Was it the well, the first? Is it or two, I, eleven or twelve? I think. Yeah, I think or, it was oh, a bit closer. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, like I. Uh, yeah, Muppets Most Wanted is great. It's just so funny. It's, <laughs> it's basically and... a remake of. Um, oh my goodness. All my Muppet knowledge has just fallen out of my brain. <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a remake of... Yes, exactly, yeah. Yeah, the great Muppet caper. Yeah. But Constantine, the, the evil frog, is hilarious. And it's interesting tying it to sort of animation in the importance of, like, act, when we talked about acting and animation. Mm-hmm. Because, basically, he is the same puppet as Kermit or could be the same puppet as Kermit. You know, that's mm-hmm. the po- point in the plot that he impersonates Kermit. So he's basically the same puppet, but with a mole or without a mole or whatever. And they make the way that, you know, the, well, I don't even want to say about the puppeteers. <laughs> I don't want to give it away. Uh, but they're real. The Muppets are real. Everyone knows that. Yeah. The way, the way the, this evil frog gives a performance is so different from Kermit that it shows, you know, he makes it a completely different character even though he looks the same. And I thought, ah, that's kind of shows you the importance of acting and you can tie that to animation. In Definitely. Acting and animation. Oh, and yeah, it's certainly just... the same same principles. Um, yeah. They're really fond of the Muppets at Pixar. Like, uh, I, I heard that um, Pete Doctor always talks about them for, like, acting, for, for nice. the same like reason that you're talking about. All good people love the Muppets. It's just a fact. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, 
and we haven't talked about them on the show for a while, so I just thought I'd bring it up. No, yeah, um, yes. And also, it does, one of my favourite running jokes um, is there's, is it Ty Burrell is a French cop uh, or Interpol agent, and one of the running jokes is about, oh, no, no, I have to go on holiday, or, oh, it, no, it's my, my nine-hour break, <laughs> or whatever, and that's so funny to me on two levels, because one, it's just funny, and I'm an Englishman, so I'm genetically predestined to find jokes making fun of the French hilarious um, <laughs> and to do the accent and everything. But at the same time, knowing it's, you know, it's coming from an American perspective and they're like, oh, look, look at them and their work, work, yeah. work life benefit. Those people with their maternity cover and, and holiday allowance and stuff like that. Have you just like, oh, you poor sods. <laughs> oh yeah you have to go to work every day till you die that's just the way it is yeah. <laughs> like, no 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 let's have our, our lives <laughs> I, I, I just find the, the two the two ways of looking at I find that hilarious but Muppets Most Wanted great and the music from Brett McKenzie is amazing <laughs> and I possibly re-listen to the soundtrack several times since I watched it as well so <laughs> that's and that that's me all right cool all right who wants to go next to the sharing sharing time Dan how about you I uh I haven't watched uh, any animation apart from like the sh- the the movie that we're going to be talking about uh, okay um but I mean kind of related I got into this like Japanese show um, mm-hmm. Called Man Ben. Um, mm. I don't. I don't know if I've like mentioned it on the show before, I'm but basically, sure. um, it's presented by um, this this manga artist, the guy who who drew like 20th Century Boys and oh, Uris, oh, Uris Aronalki. That sounds right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Now Uris yeah, he um, he did like oh Pluto, Master Keaton, you know, all those. So he's the presenter of this like documentary series where they just uh, talk to other manga artists. Hmm. But it's the format is um, an artist will be like the case study in an episode. And what they'll do is they will set up cameras around their workspace, film them for a couple of days, and then um, Urasawa goes like to visit them, and they both watch the footage together. Um, like over like t- uh, I think each episode is like about an hour, and they just like sit and they watch these people at work and. It's if you're into it and you're if that sounds interesting to you, then it's absolutely bloody fascinating. They get into mm. like the nitty gritty of like, wow, you're holding your your nib like really low down. I wouldn't do that, and you know, just like talking about like techniques and like swapping like ideas and seeing just how different people's like work habits and approaches and processes can be. Hmm. Uh, there was some really, there was some really great like uh, episode. I started. I I I watched like the first season, 
And I recently discovered that someone had like subtitled the second season. Hmm. Um, you can watch them like on. I think they're kind. Some of them on YouTube, but they're all on Daily Motion. Um, okay. And what was this show's name one more time? It's called Man Ben. N A N B E N. Okay. Uh, yeah, and I really recommend it. It's like I've been watching it like after work, and we've just been very very busy <laughs> at work and like <laughs> and I've come home and for some reason it's very relaxing to sit and watch someone else draw <laughs> for an hour <laughs> um yeah yeah they they they're great I really recommend watching Manbun really cool I'm I'm, I'm ah. just surprised that that any manga artist has any time to make a TV show because <laughs> from what you hear about their work <laughs> talking work ethics, oh yeah it has <laughs> no. it has it has like a double-edged sword kind of effect of like it can sometimes be a very inspiring thing to watch because you're like oh wow they're making such awesome art and this is really exciting and then sometimes it's like you know oh this person's been working till five o'clock in the morning and <laughs> all day all yeah night. and yeah and it becomes like quite a uh depressing sort of thing to watch like because when, when... none of these people have much life outside of what they seem to do no yeah there's right. there have been plenty of jokes in either anime or manga about this culture about the people who go yeah. who work into this and a lot of them make the jokes that the fact that they're just like that's all they do that's all they have time to do because especially if you're working on like this you're if you're working on a big popular project it's like that's you have no life outside of it at least that's the way it seems with the in, in japanese culture when it comes to this particular area of work and drawing, no, it's, yeah. it's insane. It's the same in the animation industry as well. Yeah, it's, so, it's, it's, there's yeah. not too much difference when you have a manga artist and an animation studio working by, side by side. Just like it's, it's got to be hell for both parties <laughs> involved. Especially it's like, oh no, the manga's, the, you know, you're getting to near the end of the way the manga is right now. You have to, quick, we have to find some filler. Fill, throw it in, quick. <laughs> But yeah, wow. I'll have to I'll have to look into that. Mm, sounds cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and also like I'm not so familiar with all the artists that they've been like uh, uh, profiling on it. So it's a really cool like way to discover some new manga you might want to read. Oh, sweet, nice. And Yvonne, how about you? Have you seen anything or had had the time between working, uh... getting ready for Best of Fest this uh, upcoming month? Have you had any time to just kind of chill and um, see anything then... new, or it's been all <laughs> not any really? All the time? I, I mean, I did get to go see um, Kubo and the Two Strings. That was awesome. Oh, um, lucky! <laughs> um, I have and, plans uh, I know. to go see it next week, but I... yeah, yeah. Save, save most of your thoughts on that. I, I'm totally going to, future. but um, yeah, because really. because it's not been released yet in the UK. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I I won't say a word, but I got to see oh. it as I'll say, and um, and then uh, the little prince. But okay. otherwise, I uh, I've been trying to uh, uh, just catch up on um, Animation Nights New York films because I'm uh, I'm about two hundred behind. Um, but uh, only two hundred. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, um, two hundred. I was a little over. I was like two hundred and forty, but I caught up a little. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, we're we're in the we're past the two thousand mark. We're in like uh, 
you know, we've had a lot of film submissions. But anyway, um, there's a lot. Yeah, and not really. I, I've really just been um, mostly preparing for uh, Annie Best of Fest, uh, September 29th and 30th. Should I talk about that? <laughs> if you want, the floor is yours for whatever plugs you need to do. <laughs> okay. Um, so we are doing our official press release uh, tomorrow, um, but uh, we've we've been posting some stuff around now. Um, and so Animation Nights New York is culminating in, uh, to, in the Annie Best of Fest, which is going to be September 29th and 30th. And if you're in the New York City area, I encourage you uh, to get tickets and attend. Um, we have two ticket packages. So we have uh, an industry package, which is $30 for two days worth of events. Um, and then we have an enthusiast package, which is $15 suggested donation, um, which, uh, includes really most of the panels and things. Um, we just, we did, uh, we have panels going on during the two days. We also have animation screenings. We have, of course, our main screening event, which is, uh, uh, was curated by our distinguished panel judges, uh, Anthony Hayden Guest, Emily Hubley, and Leah Shore. Uh, picked two, 20 of the 200 films that were screened from September through July. So we'll have uh, all of our Best of Fest uh, filmmakers are getting free year-long subscriptions to Stash and to Craft. <laughs> it's on Craft. Oh, yeah. yeah. And, uh, and then... Um, yeah and um so good and then um so that's great and then the uh we're having an animation for adults award um which will be announced at the festival presented by rachel (laughs) our own there (laughs) and uh and that person will will get a gift from uh from uh wacom wacom um so that's really exciting and then we'll have an audience award and i think uh uh, crazy talk that software. Um, someone will get that. So pretty, pretty cool for the audience award. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's exciting, but we're also, besides those panels, we also have a fine art installation, um, show, uh, animators from best of fest and also, uh, other, uh, Anderson contemporary is putting together, um, a show called art in motion, which is, you know, about well, art in motion and animation and also um, video art. And it's just going to be cool. And, um, you know, uh, lots of different artists, including um, some of the Best of Fest uh, filmmakers, will be involved with that. And um, besides that, we also have um, a whole uh, VR animation showcase put together by uh, Reverie Immersive Works. Um, but Framestore just uh, signed on as well, so we may have some. Uh, we'll have some content from them as well, um, which is super exciting. And um, I'll, we'll be having. We have uh, HTC Vive and uh, Oculus and Samsung. Uh, we'll have uh, experiences for all those devices. So it's just it's going to be fantastic. And an industry party. We're going to have a, a party at the at the very end. Um, uh, probably well definitely um a place in the seaport we're talking to a couple different places and nailing down the location of that but yeah you can see, go to the website anniebestoffest.nyc or go to our animationnights.com uh website and and get uh, all the events there but it's it's going to be it's going to be pretty terrific and um so set your calendars clear those days if you can and and come on out if you're in the New York City area um, and then we'll we'll proceed with our monthly uh, free events moving forward after that. <laughs> that is so awesome. And I have to say personally, I'm very excited to A, be able to get to see you in person and B, yeah. being able to present this award because it's it's this is a big honor. 
Oh, it's going to be terrific. And and AFA is covering the event too. So, you know, we're working out the details on that, but we should have a lot of content for people who can't, you know, who aren't in the New York City area to at least um, maybe catch. Well, I don't know what we'll do with the all that content, but we're definitely going to have a lot afterwards, animator interviews and, and all kinds of We're coverage. still very much in the planning process on that end. Yes, but we, but it's, yes. it is very much in our interest to make sure we try and cover as much of the event as possible. Yeah, that's terrific. Yeah, I'm really excited about that. We have some, the panels we have already lined up are incredible. Like, I mean, and I love that Frame Store is signed on because they were really doing some outstanding stuff. But we're doing, um, besides Frame Store, the other people on that panel, we're going to do two, uh, they're going to be involved with two things. We're doing a panel on VR, and then we're doing a panel on um, a story and technology and animation, which is pretty, you know, wide topic, but we're going to, um, you know, we're really going to dig into the uh, to uh, specifics and and um, and uh, I don't know. There's a there's a lot. We're we're, we're going to have some really interesting content, basically. But we have um, Tom Snyder who created um, Squiggle Vision, <laughs> and uh, and um, he's going to be on it. And uh, someone from Flickr Lab will be on it. Um, also, uh, Michael Ferraro, who worked on the original Tron and um, started the Blue Sky, basically started the company who began oh, Blue Sky. Man. Yeah, wow. I know he's so awesome too. And um, and then Frame Store will be involved, uh, and and I'll probably uh, moderate that panel. And then um, we have uh, animation and reporting, Ted Ed, and New York Times Op Docs, and uh, Drew Jordan, um, and then uh, Sashko Denilenko, who just did a, a TED uh, residency. Um, mm-hmm. They'll all be talking about sort of uh, animation for fact-based content. Sweet. And then we're doing, uh, yeah, I know. And then um, our own uh, our friend of the show, Michael Collin, will be there. Yeah, <laughs> <There's>, Michael! <laughs> so he's going to be there uh talking on he's going to be part of the panel on animation as outreach so mythic bridge and the animation project also a friend of the show um uh and uh michael cullen and a few others uh will talk about you know using animation we've talked about it on this show um as kind of a, a conduit for communities and um and and outreach for for youth uh outreach to youth so it's, it's, I mean, and those are just a couple. I mean, we've, we've got tons more. We're doing a whole distribution uh, panel on animation distribution, alternative distribution. Seed and Spark is doing a workshop on crowdfunding that's supposed to be just uh, fantastic. Like, people should really be able to walk away with a lot of information and, and um, you know, and hopefully have a good time. Too. We've got all the secondary content that we're screening um, as well. Uh, so yeah, it's just, there's a lot, there's a lot going on and, and, um, you know, and and it's all, uh, accessible for everyone. So we just need to get the word out best we can. Yeah, I know. I know we mentioned this off the air, but it really sounds like this is, uh, this is kind of turning into like a mini con. It is. It it really is. And the thing is like, and I think moving forward, I mean, I, I didn't realize that we would have so much success making it that so early. Um, surprise, surprise, right? It's all happened really fast. Um, <laughs> but the fact that all of these different factors are coming together, I mean, I love that we're doing animation screening plus VR plus fine art is just the coolest thing to me. Um, so, you know, it's just, I know, moving forward, we'll probably, I'd like to just continue this and just kind of grow it because... Um, 
you know, it's just, it's just all really fascinating stuff. And it's a a great way to, you know, strengthen the existing community of animation animators and filmmakers, you know? Heck yes. I mean, I mean, we're also, I've got an established community, but you know, it's, it's better to, you know, even give animators, you know, who want to just make something for fun an opportunity to show off their stuff. Yeah. I mean, not only that, yeah. I mean, we're talking to, um, you know, there should be some really, there are a couple panels I, I, I can't um, speak to who will be on them, but we've got some really excited, exciting opportunities for um, people who attend to really meet some uh, people that could probably help them out. And, and um, I mean, that's the other thing, too. I mean, that's part of the goal is sort of to um, get people networking and, and together and, and, you know, get people jobs and stuff, too. I mean, we, we're also talking to, um, uh, well... I guess I can talk about it. We're talking to Shorts HD and some other um, people about um, helping the filmmakers, Best of Us filmmakers, um, get their work out, um, get some sort of distribution. So, and that's only the beginning. Um, you know, we have larger plans to, you know, again to sort of help filmmakers because that's where you know that's because I'm, I'm the target audience too. You know, like <laughs> yeah, we're just yeah. trying to, um, you know, I understand the struggle. <laughs> so. <laughs> Anyway, doesn't that all sound cool? <laughs> no, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm super stoked for the end of uh, end of September. So, yeah, mark down your calendars, everybody. This is going to be a huge no thing, way. and we'd love to see all of you out there. Anyone who can get That's there, sweet. and those of you who can't, will AFA will be here to try and make sure we have get enough coverage of it so that you can feel like you were there. That's right. <laughs> You're Atlantic Ocean. <laughs> <laughs> soon, soon, we'll figure all something out. All the fish out. in the sea. You must part. <laughs> In order for Chris to make his way to New York. That's right. Maybe next year, man. I mean, the way things are going, who knows? Maybe. Who knows? <laughs> we'll come gather you. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Anyways, but yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Exciting. I'll try to keep my has seen, has played this week relatively short so we can move on to our next topic. But, um... One of the things I wanted to mention really quick that I had the opportunity to play uh, relatively recently and really got into it was this uh, a little fan game, uh, Pokemon fan game called uh, Pokemon Ethereal Gates. Uh, I believe it was made by, if I'm mispronouncing the name, please forgive me, of the uh, studio that developed per- Perihelion Productions. And... Uh, yeah, it's, it's it's a fan game, but what makes it unique is that, from what I've been able to play of it, it is uh, really well done in terms of not just animation work, but also uh, character design. Because there should be, in the, at least in the finished version of this game, there's only like a, a demo that goes up to at least like the first two uh, gyms in this game, but the, all of the Pokemon in this game have all been originally designed. And they're... I have to say, from the, all the designs that I have seen and played up to this, up to the point that I have, are really well done. Especially some of the animations on the uh, starter sprites are adorable and very full of character. So it's, I don't know, it's, it was a really fun experience, and it's, considering how, I mean, the Pokemon series is still you know going strong, even stronger now that Pokemon Go has come out. But it's just, I don't know. I think this demo just really hit at the right time and just 
you know, being able to play a game where, you know, I may not recognize any of the Pokemon involved, but just it's kind of like a new discovery every time you see one, much like, it, you know, back it was with the original, like, Red and Blue back in the day. So it was just really, really cool. And the uh, writing so far that I've said for the characters and just the narrative so far is really refreshing. It's a bit self-aware, too, to an extent, which has made it even more hilarious to play through. So, if you're curious, I'm going to make sure to include a link in the show notes to the actual website, so which uh, they have uh, downloads for the demo for both PC and Mac. So, if you're curious and want to give it a shot, then I'll make sure that, you know, you'll have a chance to take a look and uh, support the people who are making it, because they're, they've, they've put a lot of work into this. And the one last thing that I wanted to mention real quick, in terms of what I've Another and as a, related to another video game, but it's a video game that I've been familiar with for a long time, and I may have even mentioned it previously on uh, the podcast before. But um, the Suikoden series, which is a JRPG series that's uh, was produced by Konami, that is you know it's been been a while since it had another uh, installment. But one thing I wanted to mention that I actually got a new appreciation for it when I picked it up again recently over my birthday, because you know you always have those couple of video games that, you know, whenever you're just, you just want to play and not really think about it and just really just enjoy playing the actual game, you, sometimes you gravitate to one game or another, and one of those games for me is the third installment of the Suikoden series. And one thing that always struck about, struck me about that game is the animation, the 2D animation used in the opening for at least, like, the very first couple minutes. And, um... And I know I went to uh, the at Otakon. I was learning a lot more about the you know the art of Sakuga and the different uh, animators and how they bring their own styles to those particular you know to their animation. And I uh, made the discovery that uh, Norio Matsumoto, uh, one of my personal favorite animators, at least I've, well, the majority of what he's worked on, I've always really enjoyed seeing. Actually, was involved a little bit in the opening of uh, creating the Suikoden Three uh, opening, which is. If you really like, you really like good two D animation. It's as, as far as like you know, early PlayStation like PlayStation two era video games. It was for its time. It was really really good. So yeah. if you're at all curious, I will also add that to the show notes and have you check out. But it's it's a generally like well well done piece of animation. And uh, the game itself, while not animated nearly as well, I believe it was the that was animated, like, the actual in-game uh, character models were used. Uh, there was Renderware was uh, the hmm. animation that uh, engine that they used for it. But it was... And it... Some of it was good and... Because, like, would the characters would be animated and do, like, nice little, like, acting choices in terms of to establish character. Though, then you would get to the run cycles of the individual characters and it's like, oh, that's kind of... Kind of stilted a little bit. But it's still, in terms of being able to see a studio and a series actually take their first step into the from a you know 2D pixels to three-dimensional uh models it was actually a pretty interesting experiment so and it's also a fun game too so fun rpg so if you haven't heard of it i would recommend checking it out so okay i'm done rambling <laughs> let us let us move on to the reason we all we all came here today which is the little prince we will find a way home. We will find a way home. 
so sure I want to grow up anymore. Growing up is not the problem. Forgetting is. Wow. Once upon a time, there was a little prince who lived on a planet that was scarcely bigger than himself and who had need of a friend. And, um, well, I mean, I know we've spoken many a times of, uh, this movie as it was getting closer to release and how it was going to be released in theaters and then it wasn't and then we weren't sure if we were going to get it and then Netflix stepped in and then was able to distribute it, uh, via online streaming. And so it was, you know, it was, it was interesting to be able to, like, say, we're going to get it, we're not going to get it, and then all of a sudden, oh, we do have it, and then now I just have to find time to watch it, and watch it at long last, and wow. <laughs> I'm still, like, part of me is still trying to piece it together, but I just, it, it's, it's, it was really, really well it done really film. Well done. No, definitely, it was, yeah, beautiful, beautiful film. <laughs> um, I uh, I hadn't done a ton of research on it. Like I wasn't um, expecting it to be um, sort of set up the way it was, you know, with um, um, sort of the two different or a couple of different narratives happening mm-hmm. um, and different animation styles. Um, but uh, yeah, it's 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 like it's not like we should explain. It's not an adaptation of the original book. It's it kind of it does end up telling like elements of the story of the original book, but it's it's main like there's another like narrative that wraps around that, mm-hmm. and the main book becomes a story within the story of the movie that you watch. Before we go any further, should we just establish that as normal we're going to do first we're going to do sort of general spoiler uh, free yeah thing. general spoiler then... free you. <laughs> And then at a certain point we'll go, all right, if you don't want to know too much, then from this point on, spoilers. But we try and keep it, keep it to spoiler mm-hmm. light okay. <laughs> for the start. And then I think, so you're not going to hear, you're not going to give away, we're not going to give away too much to start off with. So, mm-hmm. Gotcha. Yeah. Sorry, Dan. <laughs> you were saying. <laughs> I, 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 I was pretty much done I was just setting up like the premise mm. of the movie really that it's a story within a story mm-hmm. it's, it's a bit like well uh, I was talking about the way Giovanni's Island is has got the elements of um, like the Galactic Railroad um, mm-hmm. it's not but it, this is this is probably closer to the original story than that was because um, this. D- has anyone read the book? The Little Prince. I am yeah. only vaguely familiar with it. I know my my friend was a very big fan of it, and she was the one who told me little bits and pieces of it. But I haven't actually never actually read it for myself. I read it as a kid, mm-hmm. and actually recently, um, like. I've gotten into reading Antoine 
I don't know how to say his name. The son S Exupere. Oh, wait. I feel like I'm... Ah. Uh, like he, in the he, back of my head. The Basically, the author um, was a... Um, like a an like a like an aviator, he fought in 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 the war mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, for for the uh, French Air Force. Oh no, he didn't. He, I don't think he fought. I think he was like a deli- anyway. Um, but he he has like a lot of writing about like flying, basically. Um, mm-hmm. And I've and I'm I'm kind of familiar with with those more than the Little Prince, which is the only thing that he wrote for children. Yeah, similar yeah. kind of to Roald Dahl, like. He started off writing about his experiences, like directly flying, and then. Well, I think he wrote The Little Prince and then died shortly after, I think. So that's why probably there was only one thing he wrote for kids. He, yeah, he unfortunately was like lost in action. Uh, there was like a. I, I'm pretty sure he was delivering um, mail. Mm hmm. And he he got lost um, flying from France to Africa. Oh, wow. Huh, that's kind of... At least, you know, once we get get to talking a bit more about the movie in in itself, that's kind of ironic. I wouldn't say ironic. It's it's just, it's almost... I wouldn't say fitting either. It's just, it's... It's very similar. Yeah, my my impression Mm -hmm. with the movie was like... I mean, I, I was kind of biased to want to like it because of that, like because I liked his writing a lot, and it was just like, okay, to what extent are they going to, like, honor his, who who he seemed to be from his writing? Mm-hmm. Um. And yeah, I was I was really impressed with actually how it how it did align with the sort of thing that I am I could I could imagine that the original author would have liked mm-hmm. so i guess we should say that the um the rap you know the main story is about a young girl like in a contemporary setting um who basically she's got a really pushy mother who is trying to to put it mildly uh who's basically trying to get her into a, a nice school and everything and uh she at first doesn't succeed so they have to move to the right area um and so basically she's not being allowed to live her childhood properly but then because they've moved to this moved to this new house uh, the reason it was so cheap is because there's this like old rundown house next door and there's this guy who lives there called the aviator and basically he is this old guy and she makes friends with this old guy and uh they this this is where the little prince story comes in because basically he tells her the story of the little prince mm-hmm. and that's sort of the the setup um and the 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 wrap around is all cg but in the little the um like the story of inner story is done mainly through stop motion although there's there is a bit of 2d in there as well isn't there I was, no I yeah it's know. like it was like a melding of the of the mm. two with the the story sections like I was really super impressed with those uh sections for what little we did see of them it's just it it did like you said it was mo- it seemed like it was mostly stop motion but at at points like with certain effects it seemed like they were doing something different 
with it in terms of, you know, like you said, there might have been just some standard 2D in there, but it's like it, you, I'd have to watch it again to be 100% yeah, sure. Yeah, I know it looks a little bit like. I, I honestly, yeah, I couldn't tell if it was. I mean, not that I really cared, but I couldn't tell if it was like. Um, like, it was kind of like cut out yeah. style, like. like mm-hmm. uh, but I couldn't tell whether it was achieved like traditionally or. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, digitally, right. Well, whatever it was, whatever they did, it looked damn good. But but when I say I didn't care, I meant like I was I was so into mm-hmm. the movie that <laughs> it was working on me, and I wasn't gonna stop pause it to you know uh, figure out <laughs> how it was made. Yeah, but, yeah, it's yeah. Good, no, it's good enough movie not to nitpick it right away. The um the casting was really terrific too. I mean, I I thought the casting was really great, and um, the uh the little prince, you know, was a voice the was voiced by the director's son, by Mark Osborne's son. Right. <laughs> he was adorable. I know. I don't know if anyone knows because this was French originally. Was the made in French originally, or was it made in English? Oh, I know. Yeah, I know what you're asking because the lip sync is all English. Because it was released in France, like in 2015. Mm-hmm. In in French, presumably, right? I assume. I would, th- I would think so. Oh, no, I, no, 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 no. I've I've seen the trailer. I've seen the trailer in French. I'm sure I have. Like ages ago. Yeah. So yeah, it must have been in in French. But Mark Osborne is an American. Right, yes. <laughs> the director. Yeah, he did um, Kung Fu Panda and other things. So it's an interesting, you know, I was, that, that kind of confused me. I was like, has this been made in, in French or in English? But um, like you said, yeah, the cast is really good. Um, Jeff Bridges uh, as the aviator is amazing. He was Although great. He might, <laughs> he might actually be slightly less intelligible than he was in True Grit. I don't know. He is quite... Yeah, and... Um, uh, yeah, there's some really good... And uh, that was one of the things I was... Uh, Marion Cotillard is in it. And I, I thought, oh, she must be in the original French version. Then I discovered, oh, no, she's in the English version. So I wonder if she's in both. But I don't <laughs> know. I, I should have looked this up before I came. That's okay. <laughs> and I yeah, know I, I caught Ricky Gervais in there when we were, like, for oh, one, my one part or the other. I, I yeah, I, I don't really... When, whenever I hear him in, as, as a voice role, it sort of takes me out of it a bit. He just, <laughs> just sounds like... just sounds like Ricky Gervais. He doesn't ever sound like... Any, anything <laughs> else, and it's it just always. And he's always doing the same. He's doing the. Um, yeah. Yeah. You right. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like it does take you out of it because you're like, okay, yeah, you're not really a character. You're just stepping in to do it. Yeah. I, I, I did appreciate right. though. His, be- <laughs> His I mean... best role is in Muppets Most Wanted. So. Hey, there you go. <laughs> Um, and now also, you know, one thing I just want to mention it before I forget, because, um, I was like from the director, actually, he, uh, 
reminded us um, of a screening that's happening. I don't know. We should probably maybe post this on the site because <laughs> I don't know um, timing wise. It's coming up really fast, like uh, August 30th. <laughs> oh, wow. Tuesday, August 30th. Yeah. Um, this Tuesday, there's going to be a screening uh, presented by Asifa East and Women in Animation in New York City. Um, and there's going to be a Q&A uh, with Mark Osborne. Um, you say at, Women in Animation is doing it, are they? Uh, Women in Animation and Asifa East, it looks like. Um, and uh, there's an RSVP uh, uh, email. And I'll, I'll, I already have the, um, the email uh, ready to send <laughs> with the other, a couple other show links. So we can maybe post that. But maybe post yeah. that on the site before the, the, this podcast or something. Maybe I'm going to take tomorrow off. <laughs> 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 now good but work. He he specifically Yeah. <laughs> we don't take breaks. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, he specifically asked if we were gonna maybe um talk about mention the screening, so mention oh, yeah, hey. it. it the episode probably won't be out before that happens, but <laughs> Yeah, so we can maybe post it on the site or something. Well, we could def- definitely yeah. say something on Twitter at least. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, that's what I mean. So, yeah, yeah. That, that'll probably do. Because <laughs> it's a bit, it's a bit, it's a bit um, quick, short notice. So probably. I just know. Post well, just post it on social <laughs> medias. Um, yeah, it's interesting that it's being done by women in animation because um, there's been a bit of conversation around the fact that it's got a, you know, it's based around a little girl, and um, how. He, the director Mark Osborne, had been talking about um, how he'd he'd thought that he'd that his his films previously had been um, quite you know fair gender balanced or whatever, and he sort of had it pointed out to him you know how few female roles were in it and stuff, and you know it's basically put it into into his mind that you know he could do better and. So I, I I don't know if at some point the main character was supposed to be a boy or whatever because you might think the problem is in Hollywood it's often the default setting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> default setting is white and male, blah um, blah. But the but the benefit is that it's like it's an independently funded movie, so it's mm-hmm. you know all of those things which studio would be like oh can it be a boy can it be you know obviously more set in america or something like that you know like um they didn't mm-hmm. need to count out to i loved the Go ahead. single sorry i loved the um you know single mom young daughter um you know dynamic and setup i mean it's just i don't know you don't see that it was that was refreshing i i feel like it really it just touched on a lot of um real life moments you know it, there was a lot of it that was so relatable and and yet um i know we're you know i don't want we're in the no no spoiler part no <laughs> section you, of the you can elaborate house. later yeah but um but i just with the broad strokes i um I love that there are just real-life moments that are super relatable and then um, fantasy elements um, 
they tied in so well together to me, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, there were some bits, at least when it kept switching between uh, the Little Prince story and then the main story. At times, I kind of just like, oh, like it was a bit of a surprise, like, okay, we're switching again, or we're going back to this again, which is, don't get me wrong, I was really happy to see more segments of the actual Little Prince story, though, I didn't yet, like you said, like we were talking about before, I don't think it's, it's, it, it is really just bits and pieces of the actual story, like, the one, the, the bits and pieces that are relevant to the main story in the overall scheme of things. It's if you, like, if you want to get a really good idea of what the Little Prince is about, you're probably better off, um, relying, you know, going and reading the actual book, but it's still... One of the things I think was the the best thing that you can ask for, at least with uh, this film, is it honors the source material in a way, but also if it but doesn't give so much away that you really couldn't get into the book if you really wanted if you were if this movie made you curious enough to check it out. I must. Yeah, that's true. That's a really nice actually. That's a really nice thing. Like that, it's a love letter to the book, and it's right. It, yeah, like you said, like it encourages you to like be curious about reading it because you, because you, I mean, in the movie, she literally gets pages mm-hmm. at a time, right? Mm-hmm. In French, like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. No, I I I, I really like that. Yeah, this movie is mm-hmm. like it's so it different. is, and it it kind of reminded me. I mean, you know, like the prophet sort of did that in a way, except that that was using source material. But in the story that wrapped around it was, or actually, was it separate from? I don't really I have know, no honestly. Because it's never been released here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and actually, that's that's something that's kind of cool about. It. Um, I mean, it's it's like a you know swings and roundabouts kind of thing. But this wasn't going to get a UK release, from what I remember. It was. It was Paramount going to release it here as well. Uh, and they dropped it after, you know, it disappeared after the US release disappeared. And so I was wondering whether Netflix were going to have the rights just in the US or whatever. So I was really pleased when I discovered that the UK were getting it too. Um, so we... Yeah. And, and, and like, people people I know who wouldn't, like... Mm-hmm know that like about an independent animated it, movie like this being released have already seen it like my housemate like doesn't really like animation but she was like oh I, <laughs> little prince was on netflix last night and i saw it that sounds great <laughs> and she loved it and it's it's great that like yeah. yeah they've been promoting it quite well like i like sometimes they do that thing where there's one it's normally with one of their originals where you log in one day and it's like coming bloody blah and there's like a huge sign at the top and there's a trailer just playing automatically or they do it on the PlayStation app anyway and they did that wow and that was when I realised it was, it was coming to the UK I was like oh we're getting it too yay that's cool <laughs> you know do you know a company approached me who was working with Netflix about possibly screening the Little Prince at Best of Fest and I was just like hoping 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 because <laughs> it would still be cool like even you know or animation nights new york um even the monthly screening event it, it, i don't know it's interesting but um I, I don't know if that'll happen or not I, there was no confirmation and and at this point like i don't know i'd still love that to happen 
<laughs> entities out there. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's a uh, yeah. That's terrific. That's really that's really it's uh, really something. So so it was advertised on on consoles. Yeah, just when you logged into Netflix, it was like the little prince coming April no August eighth whatever, and they do that after it's available as well. You just sometimes you'll get a random thing like they did it with, like Stranger Things or whatever. You'll just log on and there'll be random Stranger Things. What you know they they push all their original stuff quite hard so. And I know it's also been it's had screenings in LA and New York as well to make sure. Oh, that it's great! Eligible for the <laughs> um the little thing happening next year. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, whether it'll, you know, as we've said many times, it's going to be a tough one. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And with, with this film being added to the potential list, it only got harder. Oh, no actually, there was another interest. This is just dump a little news story in the middle uh, <laughs> that was quite interesting. Was that it was BAFTA are expanding their animation best feature, best animated feature category because uh... it's always only they've always had three spots, and uh, they're doing the same sort of thing they do with the Oscars, which is that it can be up to five if there's enough if there's enough films released. Mm-hmm. in a given year and they said well we're pretty sure that there will be this year <laughs> but yeah <laughs> i think you'll be all right it's, that's good that's good because usually th- i mean bafta tend to be quite safe and boring with their well it's best of animation picks it won't just be the disney and pixar category this year it won't be, it won't just be zootropolis uh, um <laughs> finding dory and moana <laughs> they'll be like oh there's room for kubo and Something else as well. <laughs> um, yeah, sorry. To no, that. That's all right. That's all right. It's, it's, it's relevant <laughs> information. It's, it's good to know that there's a, could be, you know, that little prince who might be getting on there and getting more people to see it and be celebrated for what it is because it is a film worth celebrating, definitely. I mean, it, especially to the fact that, like you said, it's, it's a celebration of this really great book. That's really that's it's like I'm just the creativity of it all is just like spilling over the screen and in the in, in in the pages of the book. So it's it's it was really good to see that that this the movie just capture that and just should made it we all great watch. Should we all just do quickly our quick thoughts and then move in you know quick you know do our quick synopsis of how we felt mm-hmm. without spoilers and then then just take yes. off the. The... Yeah, take off the spoiler lens, the the spoiler free lenses. Yeah. <laughs> All right, general opinions. Chris, go. Okay, I I liked it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I will I will say I will say more after spoilers. I did have some. There were. I wasn't crazy about the later part of the film, but mm. I I I really liked the setting. I I absolutely love the combination of the animation styles I think technically I think it's beautiful and all the design and everything and emotionally I think it's it's got I think it had real heart and it made me feel some things (laughs) that I will mention later (laughs) Um, um, but as 
been mentioned, it is just not, you know, in a year that's been lots of good animated films, I know this is older, but we're mm-hmm. still counting it as this year. In a, it is very different from anything else out there. And it's, yeah, <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's a very impressive piece of work. And I think that in a way, in a way well, in, in short, you should go watch it. Especially because right. it's, it's just on Netflix. If you've got Netflix and you're in the US or UK, you can watch it just like that. Click. And I think it is worth your time and you will enjoy it. <laughs> All right, Dan, how about you? Um, yeah, I it worked on me like perfectly. I loved it. Um, I really like that. Like, like you were saying, Chris, it's a different sort of movie. I mean, like, if you were to look at a screenshot, like you'd think, oh, this is like a CG movie, and we kind of know. They kind of tend to have like their own. I I don't know. Like the the big studios sometimes they they do make the same kind of movie a lot. And the way this one is set up and directed is just completely different. It's got like a very um like kind of simplified like storybook kind of approach to, to the world. And and the way the story is told, I, I, I loved. And I had no idea where it was going either. Mm-hmm. And I loved that about it. Like, halfway through the movie, you know, you kind of... you I mean, like, you can guess broadly what's going to happen. But I was just sat, like, minute by minute, just like, what's going to happen next? And, like, that's that's a really good thing for a movie to be able to do. Um, And... You know, like my one reservation, like about the movie, was the wraparound story going in. Mm-hmm. Um, I was like, oh, that doesn't look very uh, involving. But it was done in such a um, like tender and abstract, and it was it's, it's like just a very simplified way of telling that story, the wraparound story, and I I, I loved it, and I yeah, I loved it. We'll get into I'll, I'll get into it more when we take off the uh, spoiler area thing. <laughs> <laughs> no, I loved it. All right, Yvonne, how about you? <laughs> um, do we have? We should have. Um, do we have object ratings like stars or cabbages or? Um... <laughs> uh, last time I checked, AFA had a star review rating. So okay, I was just. <laughs> I don't. Yeah, I I can remember. Um, anyway, um, no, I I, I really uh, enjoyed it a, a whole lot. And I, the stop motion, or whether it was, um, you know, stop motion or CG replicated that old sort of paper object. It was go- that was gorgeous. It was gorgeous, and I loved. I really loved the acting too um, in the CG uh, elements. Well, in all of it, um, acting choices were really beautiful and. Um, and just, I mean, it kind of based on like what I said before, I just really loved how, how touching, I mean, I felt the same way um, as you did, Dan. I, I, I didn't really know what to expect and, and um, it was just so, I loved the way it, it uh, wrapped up at the end and, and uh, I, yeah, it was just, it was really human touching moments, delicate life moments, you know, with all of this other fantasy stuff kind of thrown, it was just really effective and, um, with, you know, great animation and, and great cast and voice acting. It was just a really beautiful movie. Mm-hmm. 
And I, of course, am going to join in the join in here saying I absolutely adore this movie. It, again, it wasn't exactly what I expected with the whole wraparound plot, but I think that it only served to the movie's benefit in order to be able to show the highlights of the actual Little Prince story and basically give you, like, piecemeal idea of what really the book is about and what it's, you know, kind of what it was written for. And it's, even though, like I said previously, I have not... I'm only genuinely familiar with this book. I haven't really had a chance to read it for myself. But I can honestly say after watching this movie and getting an appreciation for the book that I am very interested in in tracking down a copy and reading it from start to finish. Just so I can, you know, get to experience reading it for myself and not just basically using this movie as a Cliff Notes version, like, oh, this, you don't have to read this book now anymore, but no, this, that's not what this movie really does. It, it's, it seems like it was designed with the mind to try and inspire people to actually, you know, maybe, you know, see this and read the book for themselves, which I think is probably one of the best things you could do with a film, in, you know, based around a book, is to try and get people inspired to, you know, the curious people who may have not, you know, really had a chance to really experience it before to get to see it and read it for themselves. So, you know, my hat off to the entire development team for not only doing, accomplishing that, but also making it as gorgeously animated as they possibly could with those little fairy tale like segments with the actual little print and the stop motion. And even the CG was really, was pretty, really well done. So... Again, my hat off to everyone. That was this one thank you so much for the wonderful movie. And I would recommend to anyone else who out there who is even the least, you know, a little bit curious about this film. By all means, if you have Netflix, get on there and watch this movie now. (laughs) Now. (laughs) Alright, so. Spoiler-free goggles are off. Let us get bit deeper into the story and talk a little bit more about the specific aspects that maybe we really that really stood out to us or maybe just like maybe brought the movie down a little bit whichever you know whichever comes first so chris i believe you may had a mention of something that you wanted to talk about in the spoiler section of something that maybe didn't drive as well with the movie with you uh well before i get into basically the ending uh the the um the final act I wasn't so keen on, but before that I just wanted to say this film made me sad, guys. <laughs> <laughs> it was really sad. It was really I said, sad. Oh, I did not know this film would make me sad. Oh. I know. I mean, I, I'm used to getting I, sad at movies, so this was like, oh no, oh no, I, the tears are coming. I can't fight them. Damn it. I was I I can't, I don't like. Because I don't have any familiarity with the story, uh, the original story. I didn't know if I. The impression I get out from this film, having not read the book, is the book. There's a little prince, and he loves the rose, and he's going around in this little thing, and he talks to these people, and then snake bites him. Oh, and he's dead, probably. Um, that seems to be Maybe. the story. <laughs> and I was like, oh, that's. Not very nice. <laughs> Do you want to read that? <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to just read a story about it. Oh, look at the little happy prince. Oh, look at the happy... Oh, he's dead. Um... Got bit by a snake. <laughs> it's like, oh, God. Uh, but, um, like, 
in both in the Little Prince story and in the wraparound, because and there was a, a point in the story, and I was like, oh my god, he's gonna die, isn't he? He's gonna die. That's what's gonna happen. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, obviously by the end of the film, he is still alive. Mm-hmm. Uh, he may not be long for this world because uh, it's ki- it's kind of you know, it's sort of setting her up to prepare mm-hmm. for the inevitable, but the end of the film doesn't actually go there but it's like oh, i did not know that was going to happen in this film I was like, oh i have a sad now <laughs> <laughs> yeah that was that was the exact same point in the movie where me where it's just like like it was really tugging on the heartstrings there because they the one of the, the best things that the movie does is you know when they introduce these two characters to each other you know it's you know it's, it's a, really what pulls her in is just you know genuine curiosity and you know, when he tries to reach out to her and you know apologize for his uh <laughs> rather uh i would say violent but just like really this like sudden introduction when his uh and... propeller flies right into her house but he i mean he saves her you know he saves her he saves the mother right i mean in in the very end i mean the thing that i loved is that like all the sort of um, wacky stuff or whatever that happens right before, like the, you know, the chase and as she goes to find him. I mean, I guess if there was one moment where I was just kind of like, uh, like I didn't really care so much for that, the section where, um, you know, the little prince becomes a, you know, kind of a goofy yeah, <laughs> young man. That uh, is not yes. my favorite part. However, um, that said, like the way it all wrapped up by the end, I, I, I loved it. I mean, because it was almost just like, did that any of that even happen or does it even matter? You know what I mean? Like, suddenly we're, like, based in reality now and, you know, it becomes almost like, um, you know, maybe they were just, re- maybe the reality of it was really just that they, you know, he showed her this book, you know what I mean? And and hung out with her um, and the movie became really just sort of an expression, all that middle stuff or um, uh, some of that CG action stuff became this expression of the effect that um, the older man had on this young girl and her mm-hmm. mother and family, you know, and and, um, and that that's just beautiful. It was just it wrapped up um, so so well, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but sort of the whole like the start of the film is you know is also kind of downbeat because oh you go oh, poor little girl not being allowed to be a little girl because her mum's mean. <laughs> So it's eh, very, very uh, detail-oriented, a bit controlling, yeah. I would say. I wouldn't say downright mean. Well, she her intentions are good. Her intentions are good. She was definitely mean. She wasn't going to let her have a summer. And all of her time was going to be... Yeah, she's like, oh, oh, you can see your friend one day. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, um, but to be fair, that was, really ca- that was really callous. But um, but she's not doing it that... out of spite. No, um, that she's, she's she's not. But I like how the movie, like I I really like how the movie treated like mm-hmm. you as the audience, and mm-hmm. you could you could read into that if you if you wanted, and it becomes clear in a few moments, like mm-hmm. really what's going on. Mm-hmm. But it allows you. To figure that mm-hmm. stuff out on your own, mm-hmm. I, think. I think. And yeah, I, I mean, because the mother. I mean, honestly, I mean, think about it this way: she uprooted the both of them and moved them around in order to really. Her whole goal was just to create opportunity for her child. I mean, that's where her heart is. So, 
it's just that she's a little bit misguided and you know and that's where the this older man sort of saves them sort of yeah. sort of guides her back to the importance yeah. of now and family and you know and uh you know that said you know there is still you know she was focused on the practical which makes sense too you know people have to have a living and pay rent and <laughs> but she went like way too she went far, a little far <laughs> but i i I love how like the the way like the movie's directed is like it's it's all I want to say poetic because it like is it all or, like impressionistic like it gives you an impression of the world like the no, world is not, not actually realistic but no, it's certain not. little moments certain little moments like ring true or totally. like the reality of life is 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 more um like closely uh recreated in the movie but i like how like a lot of it's kind of mm -hmm. stagey mm -hmm. like a, a, a lot of it like feels um like storybooky mm -hmm. in 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 the best way where it's like totally it's it's an it's impressionistic and I, I i really love that because it also um it also meant that the characterizations were kind of in this uh, were kind of this the were kind of similar in the sense that they were like broad but not like bad broad you know um it was it was cartoony in in that sense you know like it was it was not realistic and i, I really loved that yeah like, like there, um, such a good balance there i think and i think i'm picking up on where you're like say like in the very introduction of the film where you're seeing the neighborhood that they're moving into and the world around them it's just like the yeah. cookie cutter houses everyone's kind of i wouldn't say slumped over but they're just kind of like you know very kind of busy and to do and everyone's looking at the you know either their phone or their you know what you know what have you it just it, but it's like a what if a fairy tale or a, um a kind of or a, a yeah a children's story was trying to depict both the positives and negatives of the modern world and that i think that is what we got with the uh the main setting of the overall story around the little segments of the in, individual segments of the little prince which yeah, was really good way to lead in yeah and it, it um it's a like suspension of disbelief kind of thing like all of that stuff yeah. is introduced really early on so you just accept it. I mean, even the, you know, the contrast, that crazy, crazy house that um, is right next to, I know, so beautiful. And even like, you know, his little scaffolding thing, it's like none of it, there was an unreality to all of that, that, um, that was, mm. was lovely, you know, and it did, it had a real fairy tale kind of um, setup from the beginning. Um, you just kind of it made you want to sort of roll with it, you know, and, and escape into mm -hmm. whatever world they present. Though I have to say another aspect about the film that I actually, I wasn't sure if I was going to like right off the bat, at least with the way they introduced it, but it eventually won me over the longer it went on, was our uh, main character, the um, or basically our vehicle for the story, the uh, the little girl. I'm trying to remember, if I feel bad because I just watched the movie, like if she had a name, I feel like I should know what it is, but I'm really thinking back, it's like I don't honestly remember anyone actually saying her name. Oh, interesting. And you know what? Like two weeks ago. That actually, <laughs> to be honest with you, that actually brings it back to another tie to traditional fairy tale stories. Because if you look like there was stuff like the Little Mermaid and 
stuff like that. No one was given a proper name. They were all known Wait. by like, you know, the a, little girl. Yeah, the a little, little girl. girl. The he mother. Is, he's called the, the aviator, you know, isn't the, he? The aviator, and just like. Yeah. Yeah. In, in, on the I'm on IMDb, and everyone is called the mother, the little girl. Awesome. Oh, that's. And awesome. you know what? That gives me another. That gives the movie another point from me yeah. because I, I adore fairy tales and the fact that they were taking. They were really embracing that whole concept in just not just the actual little prince story, but the the story around that is phenomenal. You don't mm-hmm. see yeah, that too the often. Car- story called it's just the little prince and it's the 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 what was it the something man the conceited the, man the conceited man the king like so it, the businessman yeah so it makes perfect sense that the characters in, in the wraparound story would also have names like that it's 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 great it was a nice touch and i have like i was it again with the with the you know with the little girl she was in the beginning you know you definitely see that you know the way her mother has raised her has forced her to believe, you know, or act in a, in a, in a certain way. She, she's very... She's practical. She's, she's very practical I mean, yeah. for a little girl. And she's grown up. She's She does, like, everything to do, like, to make, you know, make sure that she pleases her mother. But, you know, there's definitely still that curiosity, that, you know, childlike curiosity that she has. And then that's what eventually pulls her over to the next door neighbor, even after, you know, they've already been introduced to each other to actually get to know him. <laughs> yeah. She also lacks a lot. Like, she lacks yeah. a lot of confidence. Like, at the start, when they ask her a question, which is not the one she was expecting, at the right. interview for the Academy, she completely... She faints. Like, she completely, <laughs> bu- like, uh, buckles because she hasn't, like, developed her own you know, like, voice, essentially. Right, which it's is part of... Because it's always been her mother's voice. Yeah. yeah, yeah, right, exactly. She's like the little, like a mini version of her mother. The whole um, sort of, you know, dance, <laughs> synchronized toothbrush thing and, like, some of those moments like, really accentuate that. And then when she's with the older man and he's uh, he starts talking sort of in general about this, or no, maybe it's later on where she's like, I've never, you know, heard mention of a little prince like in spit. We studied, you know, we, you know, we studied stars and in science class or whatever. Remember that moment? And, and yeah, then he's like, "Oh no, it was a, exactly." And then he's like, "Oh, it was an asteroid." She's like, "Oh, we didn't really study asteroids." <laughs> like your confidence just goes directly out the window. <laughs> like, um, and yeah, that's the thing. Like he's giving her this foundation so that she's you know, whether it really happens or not or, or whatever, like, you know, she's suddenly, like, you know, flying this plane or whatever, taking charge and being um, being the hero of the story. Which I have to say, okay. I really like being able to see that transformation in her, starting for, like, that, you know, zero confidence and being a mirror image of her mother and then, you know, meeting this friend and then developing, in her in a way, her own identity and then... Once she has that identity, identity, she's much more assertive. Right, using imagination and then well, grief, really too. Oh yeah, <laughs> it's a coming of age story. The the whole the whole fact that at least the latter portion of the film is that once she has this attachment, that she's afraid of losing it and learning how to be okay with the even the possibility that she won't have that uh, 
you know, support anymore is actually really, really great message. And I'm ha- happy that was able they were able to do that with her. Okay, were you going to say, so, Chris? <laughs> uh, well, I, I thought I should go into the bit I don't like so much. Okay, go right ahead. Uh, and that is that is basically, you know, the big, the big action climax that you know where she where she goes off to to the um to the you know the the city on the little planet or whatever and looking for the little prince and that's when you find the grown up version which again I you said Devon you went crazy about that I didn't like the fact they did that um, yeah I I just I didn't really like the that bit so much i felt like that was unnecessary it just felt like oh you have to have a big action climax that felt more sort of hollywood than mm-hmm. when the rest of it i you know i'm not going to tell you how it should have ended or whatever but i i think just that that bit just seemed like a bit i was a bit disappointed in that bit mm. but it there, was you know, there was good go ahead faith you finish your thought there was good stuff in it. Like I, I like I like the um, you know the little, the tiny planet with all the the skyscrapers on it and everything like that. You know all the design work and everything. But I just and it was it was an interesting way of taking it and it was quite in, inspired in a way. But I just after the rest of the film and it being you know such such an emotional experience and everything, I just felt that it seemed a bit standard as a climax and then it, you know the actual end was good mm-hmm. but just that just like that third act sort of twist and the the grown-up little prince and stuff like that i wasn't i wasn't in love with that bit but. yeah and I, I i can understand why because i'll admit i wasn't thrilled with that either but i became a bit more comfortable with it after i really looked at it in a certain way as more of like a um whether or not all these events you know, that take place in that climax are actually happen or we're all in her head is, you know, is really up to the viewer by the end of the, Mm -hmm. by the end of the film. And either way you picture it is, you know, none, it's none of it's going to be wrong, but, and also the, yeah, um, I mean, this, yeah, I mean, the thing is too, oh, sorry, 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 sorry. It's okay. No, (laughs) if you have just like one thought to throw in there, by all means, go ahead. Just, just, I just lose my point at all. Yeah, um, no, I, it's just that he. It, it, the thing is, he goes back to being a kid, so it's like it's almost like if they had kept him as an adult, that would have been kind of. I, I would feel a little bit lame, but it, it was more of just a moment of transformation in the same way that all of the other characters um, were transformed, you mm-hmm. know, and sort of locked in. And I think that was the difference that sort of saved it for me because it wasn't my favorite either but but that sort of because he sort of reverts back and you know what i mean it's almost like an all is right in the world again you know like it, mm-hmm. that it seemed okay yeah with me it that entire sequence i mean like i said regardless of how it was either in her head or actually happened is up to interpretation but i really wanted to say or take in, interpret this that entire sequence as the little girl's imagination she was inspired by this story of the little prince by you know by the aviator and basically her imagination went wild and basically brought to life her own interpretation of the story of her own addition to the story 
that was inspired heavily by the stuff that she has been fighting with and oh. dealing with through her life up but, to that oh, point. Yeah. Oh, I hadn't looked at. I hadn't even looked at it that way. Oh That's yeah, really clever. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I think that's just, oh, yeah. That was why I didn't mind it actually. I mean. I, I could sense, like, when it was happening, like, when she was getting in the plane and it was, like, an adventure, like, I was like, okay, well, this is, like, going to be a more, like, adventurous, like, action movie. Not action movie, but, like, a, a, there's going to be a bit more action coming up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like an, a, a standard kids adventure film kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But I knew, like, at that point, like, that, it, I mean, I didn't expect her to find the planet. And once it was, um, like... Uh, it had changed, like you know, like time hadn't stopped on this planet, and it had um, people had changed and evolved, and like the little prince had grown up. Mm-hmm. I thought that was a really cool, unexpected twist, and mm-hmm. I went with it because everything in that world was about, you know, like what's essential, and that was yeah. everything her mum was yeah. uh, preaching as well. So, like thematically it all worked for me because it was like an indirect way of her confronting that thing, which was her biggest obstacle really in the movie, which was the way her mom had become. And because it was like, because like the little prince changed, I don't think it was necessarily the fact that like he reverted back to being a little boy. It was more like what was actually his, honest self right his state his his his, yeah his honest state was like you know being in love with the flower and you know how happy that made him feel and that spirit and i think like that was kind of what that part of the movie was doing was it was talking about you know what really mattered to the mum and like she had changed but um but it was like the under underneath, like her true self, mm-hmm. um, was still there, and that was what she was really fighting for. And mm-hmm. I, yeah, I, I, I really, I was really impressed with how, like, the two stories like kind of spoke to each other. Totally. I mean, what about that part where she's, you know, she inco- she starts to incorporate that story and make those connections early on when she's like, adults are just so strange or whatever right and she's sort of incorporates a a visual of her own mother in the story and that's sort of like where things really start to alter right and then at the very end I loved that moment and I don't know you know when I watch it again I'll I'll make sure to note like what the change is but that really saw you remember the moment where the mother goes to the little girl's room at the very end and she's got like a part of its change of costume like she's got a robe on and her hair is down and there's like this like softness and motherliness and it's almost like it all just kind of comes together and you're like wow she really loves you know what I mean? You see this softer side of her, and all that's happening in that shot is she's walking to the girl's door. Yeah, yeah, no, I. Those moments for me is what like make the movie different, and is kind of yeah. why I love it so much. Like, it really, you know, like we talk about that thing about like movies having ADHD, and like <laughs> this movie is like it's patient, mm-hmm. and it kind it of really breathes is. and. But little moments like that, like, 
really add up to so much and it, and it's and it's in his brilliant like acting as well yeah that's kind of hinting at these like inner lives that their behavior is trying to hide or you know um yeah i i i, I loved it because in the start of the movie i hated the mom <laughs> I, was, <laughs> I was like she's a cartoon and then like she's <laughs> And then it was like the turning point for me, and I kind of should I should have seen it coming, was when um, uh, the little girl was like, "Oh, it's another snow globe from Dad." Yeah. Right. Yeah. When and they mentioned the father, me, oh. that was the moment where I was like, "Okay, there's way more to this to both these characters." Yeah, and and it was kind of like you know like um, it happens in a few like movie like I think the the master of it is like John Hughes, like in Planes, Trains, Automobiles, um, John Candy's character is like this annoying goof <laughs> like the whole movie, and yeah. then at the end you get like this one fact that just ma- like that just adds layers and layers upon layers to his behavior in the rest of the movie mm-hmm. and then when you watch it again the like the, the second time it's like you realize that there's so much to the behavior which which seemed at first like quite cartoony um and for me like that was the same like reaction i had with the with the character of the the mum mm-hmm. yeah you talked about that in contact with um, Finding Dory, actually, when I went back and listened to you. Yeah, that's because Finding Nemo is basically playing strange automobiles. Like <laughs> 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 in water, I think. Except that, except there isn't a point in Finding Nemo where they go, oh, the reason Dory's lost her memory is because she's, you know, that doesn't happen. That doesn't come through till the second movie. Ugh, yeah, I know. No, but no, they, they gave uh, they gave a hint at it—the fact that it's that it's her connection with Marlon habit. that helps her remember. Yeah, but they still don't give an explanation of that. No, but <laughs> was that really... was that movie's interpretation of that. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but yeah, I remember the one part in the um in the Little Prince where uh, her her mom discovers that she's been hanging out with uh, the aviator and starts criticizing her for it and the girl calls her out on it you know basically making her live live life the way she wants to and not the way you know but then actually calls her out it's like oh well you're just you're you're becoming like dad how long is it how long will it be before you disappear and it's just yeah and and basically at that point i just had to go oh i know i know it was so hardcore and in and also you know, then you think like, wow, you start wondering if her motivation for being like her mother is really, you know, this fear that she's going to be abandoned, you know, again. Oh, yeah. I mean. Oh, yeah. It, it's all like, yeah. that. this is the thing, like, the way the mom is, is fear. Like, she's petrified yeah. that uh, her right. daughter's like, not going to have, like, the best life possible. Yeah. And she just overcompensates for that, like, you know, way, way too much. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But but the thing is, like, 
I um I'd be really interested to hear like a kid's impression of the movie because um I loved it but I I I really appreciated like how subtle that stuff was and it was there if you wanted it yeah. if you really were reading into it and it was but it was presented in quite simple scenes um it like not no, nothing about the movie was like you know uh in your face or obnoxious or um and i think like honestly like i do you remember when the movie was announced like there was this sense there was a, a slight backlash a sense like oh you know like i thought it would be a stop motion thing and oh it turns out there's a around story that's cg Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of that was just because so many CG movies are these like energetic, um, like sometimes obnoxious things that have particular types of humor and particular stories that they tell. Mm-hmm. And I really loved how this was just like its own thing. Mm-hmm. There's not a CG movie like this, I don't think. No, there really isn't. And that's that's that one has... of the things that sets it apart. Yeah, that, I mean, and and uh, like I mean, the thing that. Like, like in the directing style it kind of reminded me a little bit of like the world that brad bird creates in something like the incredibles where it's like an impression of the world uh yeah no i god i love this movie so much yeah (laughs) it was uh it was like an instant classic for me no yeah it's it's it is a good film definitely for both adults kids and adults alike to watch. I mean, I'm sure the kids will appreciate all of the visuals and the just the whole like at least like I did cuz I absolutely adore fairy tales and fairy tale like stories and the fact that this movie really embraced that whole genre and not just the the story that it was trying to show represent, you know, represent, but also the mm-hmm. the story around it too was just just blew me out of the water. I was not expecting them to to carry it like that in the, in that particular way so that's that's where the the whole heart of it is for me and then everything else is just like icing on the cake mm-hmm. lots and lots of delicious icing <laughs> I'll, I'll admit i i i had i was thinking before oh i'll bet I'd love to show this to my nieces and then then when it got later i was thinking no oh, perhaps it's too sad perhaps i <laughs> Uh. <laughs> it really I think it would depend on the age so I, I would say if you're gonna mm-hmm. maybe recommend this for like you know share it with kids I would say probably they'd be older than the age of hmm, I'd say seven or eight maybe maybe even nine like I within think that that's age a age. good I think that's a good age I think seven year olds could understand this movie mm-hmm. so I'm In trying to remember how old the kid the, the girl is supposed to be it's like I'm like her age and up would probably be able to get this I mean, right. I, not not just because the original author was a pilot, but like it really has this Roald Dahl sense of like the world is like this kind of slightly heightened impression of things, but underneath, like everyone has like a real life. Mm-hmm. And I could imagine like a kid watching it and not understanding every part of it, and it's not really meant to make sense. Like mm-hmm. the, the the little prince, the story, the um the the book. But 
that doesn't matter, like that you don't understand it. It's just there's there's some truth in it. It's, it's really hard to articulate. Well, it's from one thing that I know, at least from my understanding, when I'm you know, watching things grow when I was growing up, is that even if you don't fully understand all the concept of what's going on, mm-hmm. you re- kids can read emotion. They like at least most kids. I know I was a rather emotional child myself, so it's just like you. For those kind of kids who like are really sensitive to that, that they can pick up on that, and mm-hmm. so they know like if say when a character's getting upset over something, like oh that's something really bad, I need to make make sure I'm paying attention, and try and comprehend that. And even if they don't fully understand it right away, that's enough of a trigger to basically maybe go to their parents. It's like mom, dad, I saw this. What does this mean? Because mm-hmm. as long as it can mm-hmm. encourage conversation for maybe say an adult you know a grown-up to actually talk with their kids and basically you know say like okay this is what that meant and you know then actually encourage discussion between parent and child that's probably one of the best things a movie can do if you're especially a family film yeah yeah that's true but but uh, i mean that's yeah that's 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 interesting because i mean there are stories that in 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 some I don't. I can't really explain it, but this movie reminded me of the feeling of how I, uh, the James and the Giant Peach movie. Oh, I love that movie. Because that had like a wraparound of like another style. It was like mm-hmm. live action, and then most of the movie was stop motion. Yeah. Um. After that, but it was a similar thing of like there was a trauma in there that was being worked through, but it was being worked through in a very fantastical manner with a story that didn't make a whole load of sense and had lots of imagine like it the movie is just so imaginative and and the book is about imagination like the start of the book which is actually how the movie starts is that whole thing with um you know i drew this picture of uh of a snake that had (laughs) swallowed an elephant and grown-ups mm-hmm. didn't understand it. I had to show them the elephant inside. And I really appreciated, like, that's the sort of what the book is about. The book is about, you know, creativity in mm-hmm. in a very, like, fundamental sense, trying to understand the world from uh, from from different angles. Yeah. And like the biggest sin would be if the movie itself didn't do that. And I, and, and, and this is why, like, I, I know like you guys um, have picked up on the ending being like, Oh, it's kind of, it turns into its own thing. And it, it tries to, you know, have like the big climax going on. Mm-hmm. And do you know what? I think like in, if any other like movie had done that, I would have felt like it was kind of a cynical kind of move. But the fact that like on, on the planet itself, it was like a, it was like a small like globe shape. And I love the fact like just on the horizon, things didn't, um, the, the buildings were kind of like curved, like they kind of jutted out from an angle. Yeah. And like the whole film didn't stop being creative at that point in the way oh, it was no. like, representing this world. 
Um, so I was completely mesmerized by it. Like I, mm. I was, you know, like I said, I didn't know where the hell it was going at that point. <laughs> and I, yeah, I loved it. No, yeah, the the creativity was always on full tilt with this movie from, like you said, from be- literally from beginning to end, which is, I mean, it again, just another another point in the movie's favor, and the fact that it, it was just, like you said, based off the. The, you know the actual little prince book and how it was able to take those aspects you know the fact that it is a celebration of creativity and it's most like at its most integral point and was able to carry that throughout the entire film even at the point where it looked like it was going into you know typical like family film adventure shenanigans it mm-hmm. still it it's like as soon as you always you always come back to that integral creativity it's like it never lost that ever so even the part even if it may seem like a retread of like what other previous movies have done. It really isn't, which is, I which is still baffling me even now as I sit here thinking about it. just like normally like if, if like uh, like you said if any other film had made a move like that I would I would have left me disappointed. But this film managed to just keep going and going all the way to the end and just like wow, it just it it ah, love it so good. Yeah. <laughs> So, I mean, unless there's anything else we really want to talk about, I think we've more or less covered everything. So, what do you say, guys? Close out episode 51? (laughs) Well, thank you very much for joining us on this episode, talking about The Little Prince. If you, like, as if we haven't said it enough already, it'll be said again. If you have access to Netflix, and, you know, please, please watch this movie. It was a real treat. And the fact that we got it all is amazing. So please go and support it as much as you can. And I think that really about wraps it up. So if you're interested in checking out any of our other podcast episodes, uh, 50 onward, I would suggest checking out um, our web's main website, Animation for Adults. Of course, we've got all the episodes there. Uh, Stitcherpodcast.com. We have also episodes of our late, our latest episodes on iTunes. However, there has been a bit of an issue in regards to our later episodes. Like the like our very first couple have been uh, been taken off there. So, if by any means you want to check out those episodes, I would suggest using those other avenues. We are still working out a way to find a, you know include more episodes on iTunes, but they'll definitely have to be released you know bit by bit. But if you're at all interested in having full access to all of our podcast episodes and not have any restrictions thereof, I would highly suggest going to our Patreon page and subscribing and you will have access to every single episode we've ever done, plus a few bonuses. And... (laughs) Plug, plug, plug! And... You can follow us on social media via Facebook, Twitter, Tumblr, Pinterest, and... Oh gosh, I'm there are so many social medias now, it's hard to keep up with them all. And I'm, there's one, uh, Instagram. That was the one I was forgetting. The one that I'm only just recently learning how to use. <laughs> but, um, da- uh, let's see. Okay. Chris, where can we follow you specifically on social medias? Uh, Mr. Crystal on Twitter and Facebook. And if you buy the latest issue of My M Magazine, I've got a review in there of um, uh, No No Rin. It's called, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Available from all good and evil news agents and on the iTunes uh, newsstand and possibly 
Android as well. I don't know. <laughs> All right, awesome. Dan, where we can find where can we find you on social media? You, you can find me on Twitter at Hamu. And Yvonne, how about Yvonne, you? How about you? <laughs> I'm on Twitter at iSnare underscore Inc. And um, and as always, uh, if you'd like to submit a short film to Animation Nights New York, uh, please go to our website, animationnights.myc. Um, and please do attend uh, the Annie, the first ever <laughs> Annie Best of Fest, September 29th and 30th, if you are in the New York City area. Um, and we'll love to see you. All right. And if you want to follow me on social medias, I am mostly on Twitter at Fail2Ninja. And I will also be attending Annie Best of Fest at the end of September. And so please, by all means, if you want to check us out, we'll be there. All right, that that closes out this episode. We'll see you next time on episode 52. Take care, guys. Bye. Come with me and you'll be in a world of pure imagination. Take a look and you'll see into your imagination. We'll begin with a spin traveling in the world of my creation. What we'll see will defy explanation. If you want to view paradise, simply look around and view it. Anything you want to do it. Want to change the world There's nothing to it